I don't know if you know the Korean word uh, 없다. Some of you guys know Korean, you know what that means. 없다 means absent. Nothing is not there. That's 없다 means. I heard this uh, joke from a guy who actually made this joke is Korean. So maybe some of them is not really uh, relevant to some of you guys. And, and, and he, uh, he's kind of shared with a different generation. Teen years, like 10, you know, teen years, uh, the absence of maturity. They don't have maturity. Uh, that's what, what that uh, what that means. You don't have maturity at teen years. Some of you agree or some of you not. At 20s in, in Korean setting, unemployment rate is so high. So they say, no answer, tapi opta. You don't, you don't see any answer. Uh, 30s, no houses. A similar situation in Los Angeles, right? I mean, rent is so high, and buying a house, that's impossible. 40s in Korean situation, no money. Don't need opta, no money. Uh, especially raising a kid in 40s. Uh, not only they send them, you, you guys send them to the uh, school, but like extra curriculums, some like piano lessons and taekwondo lessons, all kind of lessons. So no money. At 50s, major company kick out peoples, so no job at 50s. Some of my friends, they are 50s, but they don't have a job. They think, I mean, I think they're still young, yet they don't have a job. 60s, I never lived 60, you know, 60s, so I don't know, but they say no joy. Sad, right? No joy. 70s, no teeth. <laughs> because they didn't really take care of themselves. They were so busy working, so no teeth. 80s, no spouse. One of his spouse passed away. 90s, no time. Your time's almost over, so no time. 100, they say, uh, everything's absent. You don't need anything at this age. That makes me kind of sad. But, you know, tell the truth, that's our life. We, we have shortage in our lives. We're lacking in a lot of things. Maybe some of you may feel like, I don't have full energy. I wish I had some extra energy. Maybe some of you may think, I, need, I wish I had extra money, extra time. I'm so busy, and I wish I have extra things, motivation. Maybe some of us say, I wish I can have extra passion. I don't really have passion like others. How do you handle shortage in life, in your life? We just read the, the passage today. It is about Jesus feeding 5,000, only males. That means, Bible scholars say there are probably over 20,000 people in Jewish you know, tradition, they only count guys back in those days. But if we add women and children, probably over 20,000 people. And Jesus fed 20,000 people with five ropes and two fish. This is a well-known miracle Jesus performed in the book of the New Testament. He recorded all four different Gospels. This is a story about Jesus feeling, performing miracle when they felt like they were short of food, right? They were lacking food, right? So if we observe this principle from this passage, 
and apply this principle into our lives, we can experience miracles. That's how I uh, understand this passage. So I want to share four things from this passage. Number one, in order for us to experience a miracle in our lives, in order for us to experience how God uh, feeding uh, the shortage of our lives, number one, we must accept the responsibilities. This is how passage begins. Let me read it one more time. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is Nemo place. They said, this, they are disciples. And it is already very late. Send people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. See, problem is there, right? Shortage of food. And this is how disciples responded to the situation. Jesus, that's not our problem. Anyway, let them, let them just go away. Let them take care of themselves. If Jesus heard that, oh, you know what? You're right. Then we're not going to have the, this story in the Bible. This miracle story in the Bible. Miracle always starts with taking responsibility. Have you ever heard a theory called bucket theory? Bucket theory. You know, we carry buckets. That's what they said. We carry bucket. Each one of us carry bucket. And we expect people to fill our bucket with good waters. Four different kinds of good water. Number one water is a water of recognition. We want to get recognized by others. Right? We do have that. And water of uh, consideration. We want other people to care for us. Water of positivity. You know, when you say something, people say, that's right. Yeah, I agree with you. We want that kind of agreement. So that is kind of water. They want to have it. And, and uh, water of compliment. We love to hear compliment, right? Good job. Excellent job, right? We want to hear that. So that's the kind of bucket that we carry. Every one of us carrying the bucket. But thinking about that, feeling that good water, it's not going to happen. By thinking about it, it's not going to happen. Working so hard to fill the bucket with water, it's not going to happen either. Only way to fill the bucket is trying to meet other people's bucket. Try to pour the water of recognition, uh, compliment, uh, uh, consideration, possibility, by pulling, filling that back buckets with the, your waters, it's going to be overflow, right? The water's going to be overflow from the bucket, right? Then with that bucket, you, your bucket can be overflow. That's their theory. Good theory, I think. I think the guy probably got it from the book of the gospel. If you want to get treated well, treat other well. That's a principle, right? Jesus taught us. Have you ever heard about bucket theology? It has to do with responsibility. Remember the Pontius Pilate, we recite him every Sunday when he recite the Apostle Creed. Pontius Pilate, he knew Jesus was innocent. Right? His, even his wife told him, don't do with anything with that innocent man. But what he did, because the crowd, he just Hey guys, you know what? With a bucket of water, he just washed his hand. I'm innocent from this man. It's all, I don't have any responsibility. That is bucket theology. 
And remember Jesus with a bucket of water, he washed disciples' feet, right? So with that bucket theory and bucket theology, I came up with uh, Ken's bucket way to live Christian life. That is, if we take responsibility to feeding people's need rather than try to be a taker, if we become a giver, if we take that as our responsibility and enhance people, God's going to be honored and we'll live the life of miracle. Uh, what do you think? Is that okay? Yeah, I'm going I'm to try that. Try so hard. And I pray that you may apply that in your life. Take responsibilities. Charles Henry, he was a philosopher. He said, we need more unreasonable people, unreasonable people who want to change the world, not to adapt to it, I believe it is our responsibility to make it better and not just to survive. I think that kind of mentality is what we need. Not just breed and survive, but hey, make, take it as our responsibility to change the world. That's the true disciple of Jesus Christ, the true follower of Jesus Christ. So ask yourself, am I living irresponsibly or am I living responsibly? Don't blame others. We love to blame others. Uh, you know, I don't have time because churches demand too much time. Pastors and, you know, blaming churches. No, no, no. It's not church's fault. To be honest with you, it is your fault. You messed up with your time management. Sometimes, you know, we have financial difficulties, financial shortage. Why is that? Because maybe because you spend too much. You're overspending than what you earn. See, it is important for us to take this point. That is, I think, number one step to experience a miracle in our life. Second step is we must evaluate our resources. We need to see what we have. God has given each one of us gift. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you gave your life to Christ, God has given you the gift. Every one of us has a gift. Robert Bentley, this is an interesting person. He is a smart guy. He's a Harvard grad. grad and, and he was a columnist in New Yorkers and all that. And he, he, this is what he said once. He said, it took me 15 years to discover I had no talent for writing. But I couldn't give up because by the time I was too famous. I like, That's very interesting. What should, I mean, what kind of advice, if we have a chance to give him advice, what, what, what did you do to him? Should we encourage him to continue to write? Or should we tell him, you should look for the job? <laughs> you just discovered that you're not talented in writing. What do you think? I think the right answer is evaluate yourself. That is important for us to ask this question. What do I have? What do I have? What do you have? And what do you do with what you have? That is two very important questions. What do you have? And what do you want to do with what you have? Verse 38, how many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Why did Jesus ask how many robes they have among 5,000? 
can he uh, perform the miracles? He's God after all, right? He's God. Jesus is God. He can perform miracles. What if he displayed the buffet? I mean, the buffet. Like, you table, you can't even, you can't even see. I mean, imagine 20,000 people. You got to feed them, right? So you need a big, big display. And you have like Chinese, Korean, Italian, you know, French, American, all kind of foods are displayed. Jesus could do that, right? But he didn't. He just asked this question. How many robes do you have? That's how he started the miracles in our lives. He started with what they have. This is how Jesus performs miracles in our lives as well. He starts with what we already have. Even if we, what we have is insignificant, looks insignificant in your eyes, God would love to use that. Even if a small, tiny gift, talent, resources, intellect, energy, he can use that. I often visit cemetery just for my sake. Every time I visit cemetery, I learn a lesson about life. Because my father is buried in one cemetery. So I, I visit there often. And I, I, it became a habitual thing. I look at the tombstones and you know, some descriptions there are some that I try to calculate the, the, their lives. Like, oh, this guy lived like 80 years. Oh, this guy lived 70 years. Some of them live very long life. Some of them live like young age. They die at like 38. Some. I was like, oh, wow, my goodness, this guy died at so, such a young age. But one, one day a thought came into my mind. What difference does it make to live long life or short life? When you think about the eternity, in, in the perspective, in eternity, this life is very tiny, right? Like a dot. But what difference does it make to have a life? Important thing is, what have I done with the resource that God has given to me? I think Jesus is going to ask them a question. You know, not only He gave us a life, but He has given us so many great stuff. And he's going to ask me, what, do you, what have you done with that? So I think that's more important than the span of life that we have. You know what I'm talking about? God has interest to us. Precious gift. So that leads us to the third point. Uh, we must give God what we have. The pastor was preaching on a uh, gift of Holy Spirit. And after the message, one lady came up to the pastor and said, Pastor, you know what? I think I have a gift of a criticism. When pastor heard that, what? Gift of what kind of gift? Gift of criticism? Is it this gift from God? Gift of a criticism? It's not, right? So, Pastor said, you, you remember the passage parable about Jesus uh, giving the talent, one person, one talent, two talent, five talents. Remember, can you recall what he did? Uh, person who, who uh, received one talent, he went out and buried the talent, right? You should go out and bury them. You know what? God has given us precious gift. Did you know that? Every one of us have a gift. 
My wife and I often uh, listening. We talk about uh, vilifying things, putting persons down. That is bad. You know, like sometimes we love to do it. It became a habitual thing. We love to put ourselves down. Did you know that? We put ourselves down. No, no, no thing. You know why? Because you are precious before God's side, right? You are God's child of God. And putting yourself down, that is bad. I, I'll call it that's a sin. And putting others down? That's no, 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 right? Bible says that is sin. And sometimes you're putting life down. That is direct challenging to God. God. What the heck is this life about? You know, you're, you're blaming about life. That is no, no, no. Vilifying, that is what I say, sin. But a positive word for vilifying is the encouragement. I was looking at the book of Romans, chapter 12. Paul talks about gift of spirit, like prophecy, teaching, and faith, and mercy, and all that. He talks about gift of encouragement. And I was like, I was like touched by his teaching. Wow. You know, Paul is like emphasizing this gift to build the body of Christ, build the church, sharing you got to exercise the gift of encouragement. You guys do have it. This one, every one of us have, have this gift, encouraging people. People have to, they need to get encouragement to build his church. God has given this gift. See, you may think that's insignificant, but it is not. If we give that gift to the Lord, give, to, give, offer that to God, He can truly bless that. I mean, think about this boy. This story about feeding 5,000 with five robes and two fish record every gospel. And today's text doesn't mention about the boy, but the book of John mentioned about this boy. It says here, here a boy with five small barely loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? The amazing thing is he kept the lunchbox until late afternoon. Wow, don't you think that's amazing? I remember when I had a lunchbox. Before the lunch, I just had it. But this guy is amazing. There was very ordinary lunch back in those days. He just brought it to the Lord. Was it the only guy who had a lunchbox among 20,000 people? I don't think so. But he treasured that and gave to the Lord. I think that's very important. God can do extraordinary things to the ordinary people like this little boy. So give what you have. You know, that's important. I like this, I like this passage here. For if the willingness is there, the gift is accepted according to what? One has. What one has, not according to what he doesn't not have. He expects you to give what you have, not you don't have. God is not demanding what we don't have, but God is happy to receive what we have. Not God doesn't know, you know, why does he demand us? So he can put blessing upon them. So he can get glorified through that. He wants us to live the life in abundance. He wants us to, you know, to multiply that. Lois Chen's book called God is No Fool. Interesting book. 
And there was a story that I wish I want to read for you, this little story, illustration in this book. Once a man said, if I had some extra money, I'd give it to God. But I have just enough to support myself and my family. And the same man said, if I had extra time, i give it to God. But every minute is taken up with my job and my family and my club. And the same man said, if I had a talent, I would give it to God. But I have no lovely voice. I have no special skill. I've never been able to read a group. I cannot think cleverly or quickly the way I would like to. And God was touched. And although it was unlike him, God gave the man money, time, and glorious talent. And then God waited and waited and waited. And then after a while, God shrugged his shoulders and he took all those things right back from the man, the money, the time, and the glorious talent. After a while, the man sighed and said, if I only had some of that money back, I would give it to God. If I only had some of the time, I would give it to God. If I could only rediscover that glorious talent, I would give it to God. And God said, oh, shut up. Oh, shut up. You know, this is not in the Bible, okay? This is a story, okay? And the man told some of his friends, you know, I'm not sure that I believe in God anymore. What can you give to God? What holds you not giving him 100%? I want to suggest you give God your dream, your time, your relationship, your passion, your youth, and you'll be surprised what God can do through the things that you give to Him. I like this passage. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You know, whenever I speak this kind of topic, uh, some people say, Pastor Ken, are you talking about prosperity gospel? Are you talking about if you give, you will receive much? No, that's not what I'm talking about. What do you mean? My prayer is this. There are givers and takers in life. The givers and takers. Simple as that. Have, you know, there are two different kind of people. I want you to be the givers. Because givers are more blessed. That, that was the message that I challenged our uh, KM members as well. Our THM members, we want from little kids to elderly people, we want to be givers. We want to give our best. We want to give through our best shot and trust Him. And we will experience miracles in our lives. Last thing is, uh, we must expect God to multiply. Remember I mentioned last week, miracles happen when we offer uh, prayer with expectation. Expectation. We have to expect God to perform. Without faith, we cannot please God. 
so hard to find people who has a faith these days. You know, we gotta pray. I, I'm praying for this issue. We, God, would you pour your gift of faith upon people? So hard to meet people who have genuine faith. Even the seminarian uh, professor, I heard they were talking about crazy stuff. They don't believe in miracles. Some of not, not everyone, but some of them they don't believe in miracles. Those people who train and nurture seminarians, future pastors, they don't believe in miracles. What kind, oh my goodness, they're, they're teaching the Bible? Do they claim themselves as scholars? You know, some of them say Moses didn't uh, separate the Red Sea. It was too, I mean, they, actually, the water's too low, up to on the ankle. So they just walk. How can you explain the armies of Pharaoh who all you know, drowned to death with death stories? It's kind of sad. But God is looking for the people who have faith. And I pray you and I uh, be the people with the faith. You know, when I, uh, as I was meditating this passage, I thought about this boy. After the, Jesus performed the miracles, he had a tall basket full of robes and fish. I was curious, what would Jesus do with the, the leftover stuff? It was actually his, right? <laughs> So I thought maybe Jesus gave some of the leftover food and to the boy. Or maybe to a basket, all of them. I don't know what happened. But I'm sure that day when he went home, he was telling his mom, Mom, you know what happened today? Remember the lunchbox you prefer for me? I shared that lunchbox with a person named Jesus. And this is what he performed. He fed 20,000 people with my mom, my lunchbox. I'm sure he was so excited to tell the story to his mom. Not only to his mom, I think until he got old, he was telling people whenever he met new people, you know what happened to my life? And I'm sure he probably became very uh, powerful man of God. In his generation. Let me conclude the message. In order for us to experience miracles in our lives, we need to understand spiritual principles and apply them in our lives. As I was preparing this message, every uh, like Wednesday, uh, one of our came praise leader always giving me a call. Pastor Ken, uh, what should I sing after uh, your message? So I have to look for the song, you know. Uh, but Wednesday is a little early, you know, I need a little more time to prepare a message, right? I just gave the one song that came into my mind. Okay, uh, won't you sing this song, I Surrender Thee? You know, the song is Korean, it's a very touching uh, song, so I Surrender Thee. I mean, I Surrender All, that song. Yesterday, uh, I was keep singing the song in Korean. And oh, I have an English service, so I, I, I look for the English version, and I, I, I was singing. What I was singing, Holy Spirit touched me. Because Korean version and English are a little different. 
And third verse, I said unto all, it goes like this. All to Jesus I surrender. Make me Savior holy thine. Make me Savior holy yours thine. May thy Holy Spirit fill me. May I know thy power divine. I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. That part, all to thee, my blessed Savior. Oh, I was seeing that part and I was so overwhelmed. I was what am I? My goodness, I mean, this... I surrender all. What do you mean? I have nothing to really offer him. I mean, compared to what he offered to me, wow, I mean, I feel like I want to hide somewhere. You know, like, wow, Jesus, I mean, you gave everything. You offered me everything. And what you demand, what you're asking of me is, hey, Son, I want to have a relationship with you. Would you recognize me? I can perform the miracle in your life. I can meet your need in your life. Can you trust me? I was overwhelmed. I felt so shameful. Often I say, Lord, I give. Yeah, I'm giving you this time. I'm giving you my, you know... You then I give you, give you this, I offer you this, but oh, so shameful compared to what it did to me. I'm not talking about prosperity gospel here. I'm talking about the relationship. Jesus gave us everything. Think about that. Think about that. More than happy to offer ourselves, our lives, everything to Him. Let's pray together. What is He speaking to us today? What is He speaking to us? You are so precious in his eyes. He loves you so much. Therefore, he's constantly seeking after you. He wants to meet all of your needs. He's testing us, our faith. Can you trust me? We often we fail, yet He's giving us another test until we get it. He's God who's waiting for us. Would you surrender yourself to Him today? Even though you don't know the whole thing, if you acknowledge Him as your Lord and Savior, if you acknowledge Him as your God, I think you ought to give yourself to Him. I want to give myself to Him every time. Every time I come, come to Him. 
He wants to live in you. He wants to bless you. He wants to use you as His instrument. Simply come to Him and offer ourselves to Him.